0: Welcome to Three Things Podcast, a podcast about journeys and the things we hold in our hands. For us, it's a good book, a favorite drink. Christine and I will be having conversations with friends, both old and new, asking them to share their faith journeys, and of course, what do they hold in their hands? So join us on this journey, where we hope you will find some inspiration. If you like what you hear, please let us know, and be sure to share this podcast with a friend because ultimately we are all on a journey and sometimes the best thing we can hold in our hand is the hand of a friend. Hello, Christina.
1: Hey, Jason.
0: How are you today?
1: I am great. How about yourself?
0: <laughs> uh, do, we, do we want to fill our audience in at all? Oh Was, yes, please. Because this is a conversation that started before we, we even mm-hmm.
2: Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you like to do the honors?
0: Well, I'm disappointed you didn't you didn't say you're welcome the way you always do. Well usually greeting.
1: welcome, hey, to Three Things Podcast. Hi, my name's Jason, and I say, Hey, I'm Christina.
2: <laughs>
1: but but you told me that's it's, it's, startling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is how I speak. I do not say hey how are you that's creepy i say hi friend how's your day going that's who i am so i'm sorry listeners if i've been frighteningly startling it's just who i am all right right. i'm eager to see you and meet you
0: so that's just a little word to the wise when you do a podcast with your wife just make sure you don't start a little discussion Uh, prior to the podcast, because it spills Mm -hmm. over on the podcast, and then then you you end up having to realize, there's just no way I'm going to get out of this looking good.
1: I'm sure there will be another thing that comes up, too, because I knew I had two things I wanted to pick on you about, but I've forgotten one of them. <laughs> <But> maybe <laughs> I'm having some trouble with memory lately. <laughs> so maybe I'll remember. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I you,
0: I will not pick on you on any of the oh, things. Oh of course
1: that not. Because oh, you're oh, you a go. stellar husband. Oh,
0: okay, that's right. Hey, uh we have a real exciting guest tonight.
1: Yes, we do.
0: And but before we do that, can we just I wanna do the shameless plug thing?
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Look, if you like the show and you enjoy our audiences, please hit the subscribe button on your preferred uh, podcast platform. Um, reach out to us on Instagram at Three Things Podcast or email us at the Three Things Podcast, podcast. at Gmail. Just let us know uh, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, and uh, if you have anything to say about our guests. We'd love to hear from you and love to kind of interact and know what you think about the show because we think we have the best show. <laughs> we
1: think we're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's probably not true, but. We have good positive intentions. That's right. Right? That's right. Think, Think right. big. And I've got Think n- positive. I've got
0: no other feedback, so we must be the best.
1: I know. Please world. give feedback. You, Jason <laughs> needs feedback.
0: Ah, <laughs> or affirmations. I need affirmations. <laughs> all right. With that that being- that's <laughs> not your
1: love language, is it? Affirmation? No, it's not your love language at all.
0: Okay. Can we introduce our sarcasm? Oh, now?
1: yes. <laughs> I just thought we'd talk about love languages, but that's okay. We'll move on. Well, I don't want to talk about love languages. <laughs> of course you don't. Right. Okay. <laughs>
0: All right. So with that being said, we have a, a really wonderful guest on the show. Uh, I kind of want to set uh, our guest up a little bit in the sense mm. of I want to introduce him. Um, uh, and, and I'll give you his first name and then I'll have him officially introduce you. But, but Joe, I got to tell you, um, Joe and I have the unique opportunity to meet uh, usually on a weekly basis. Um, and have wonderful discussions at a very bright and early time in the day, and um, I find my conversations with you, Joe. Jason, stop!
1: That's the dog snoring. Yeah, I
0: know. just
1: want everybody to know. Yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: um, but you know, I just uh, that we have some of the best conversations in the morning, and you know that that uh, scripture verse is iron sharpens iron. Right. right? <clears throat> um, I always feel like so based just based on our conversations and the the dialogue and and um, I'm not saying we're ever different opinions but we do fine-tune each other's opinions is that would that be fair to say
3: I think that is fair to say I think um, I've always uh, talked about the fact that someday I want to go out with you and uh, Christina and, and have a beer and talk about some of the deeper issues that we wouldn't necessarily uh, touch in our uh, Thursday morning session, because uh, I kind of know where I think you are, and yeah. you probably know where you think I am, right. and it would be nice to have some beer and talk about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, see, it fun. is refreshing to be honest, right? Or to just be, oh, where you yes. can just say things without fear of reprisal.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: and. I mean, I, and I, way, I sorry, I'm envious of your Thursday morning group. I know it's men. I don't think it's men only, but it's been all men for a very long time. And then Jason comes home, and he tells me sometimes, and it gets me jazzed for the rest of the day. What you guys talk about? <laughs> it's I an amazing
3: group it. of men. Um, I mean, some really <laughs> sharp guys, and uh, you know, talking about the Bible mm-hmm. and uh, what's going on today in the world. It's just really. It's a good way to start Thursday morning. Yeah, so yeah. we're we're going to have to come back to this, I think, a little bit. But before we do, Joe, can
0: you officially introduce yourself to this?
3: All yeah. right. Uh, I'm Joe Say, and uh, I've lived in Idaho Falls since 1997. Oh. When I moved here, I'd never lived any place longer than three years and two months in my entire life. My father was in the military. We lived all over the world. Uh, and then when I got out of law school, I went into the military. Hmm. Um Started 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th grade in five different cities and two different continents. Oh, my gosh. So moved a ton, uh, but Idaho Idaho, and Idaho Falls are my home now. Um, came out here uh, for a job as an environmental attorney with a site contractor and ultimately became uh, the general counsel. Uh, for about five years for the cleanup contractor here at the site and uh, I retired in 2019 and I've never looked back (laughs) I've got uh, two daughters, Jean uh, married uh, to my son-in-law John lives in Helena and Maggie uh, and her boyfriend Gary are over in Boise
0: Oh, so they're close Yes, I'm halfway
3: in between both of them so it works out fantastic And
1: both are fun (laughs) cities, Helena and Boise Yeah. Yeah
3: And
0: they're not necessarily right here, so you do, you know, they're not hovering over you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They're able to reach out and touch me pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah, right. They can can get into your business pretty fast. That's pretty good. So
0: with that, kind of, let's just jump right into it. Oh, Joe, can you share a little bit about just your background,
3: your faith background? Faith background. Okay, I was raised in the Church of Christ, which uh, for any of the listeners that don't know, it's... um, Um, pretty evangelical, a little bit right of the Baptists. Um, And uh, so it was kind of a, you know, the Bible and only the Bible, Sola Scriptura, so that's how I was raised. Uh, When I went off to college, I had a great roommate, started going to the Methodist Church with him, and ultimately um, uh, when my wife Ann and I had our first daughter, the youth minister at the Methodist Church, indicated to me I needed to pick a lane, because what Ann and I were doing, we were alternating between the Catholic Church and the Methodist Church. Well, that was fine when it was just the two of us, uh, but uh, because Ann was Catholic, uh, but once we had Gene, uh, you know, we needed to needed to do something else, and uh, so I started RCIA in '91, finished in '92. Uh, I've mentioned this to Jason, I was the only person in that class that didn't know he was going to join the Catholic Church on day one. In fact, on the very last day, so it's like, you know, the week before Easter, we're having our last session and I'm driving in and I'm praying because I had like five huge issues right. uh, that I needed to. Answers to, it. I delivered them to the priest who I was very, very close with uh, that afternoon, and he made that the subject of that night's class. Uh, but when I was on my way in, I just prayed that you know, God, if I'm supposed to join the Catholic Church, just work this stuff out. And God didn't. <laughs> I've never looked back. So yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm Catholic, and and I love everything about him. Yeah, I find some.
0: Um... I find something to identify with in that story, conversion mm-hmm. yeah. story as mm-hmm. well. So, um, Christina, we're, gonna, we're, we're doing this, right, because we realized on our last podcast that we didn't do a good job of uh, following our own introductions. So what are you drinking?
1: Right. I am drinking a red wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big surprise. Because it's almost winter. Because it's, yeah, it's dark and cold outside. But this one is an Idaho wine. It's called the Indian Creek Winery, Mm -hmm. but it's Star Garnet, and it's one of my favorites. And the little place, Baron Blue, used to serve it, and that's where I first tasted it. And then I found it at Sam's Club. So, Jason, what are you drinking?
0: I'm drinking what the guest brought.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. I can't wait. Is it good? is it tasty
0: very tasty so mm-hmm. well i got all sorts of comments but i want him to introduce the drink right. so i can share kind of my my little two bits on this so joe what are you drinking today? i'm drinking a
3: margarita <laughs> <laughs> and the reason i brought that over i also like red rind uh christina but the reason i i made margaritas and brought them over is because there's kind of a story behind it when i was a first term captain back in the early 80s i went up with a, a, a lady i was dating to visit you know her dad up at cape cod and there was this huge party lots of mexican food and um they had a recipe for margaritas that uh i learned that night been making them ever since, and we we go as a family uh to the outer banks every year oh. and so my nephews and my daughters and everyone um you know when they got old enough learned how to make the margarita recipe it's referred to as the recipe oh. and so it's the kind recipe. of a family thing and and uh and it's something we drink at the Outer Banks and at other times. But uh, so it, it's a lot, there's a long history d- dating from about 1982, 83 oh, wow. behind this recipe. And that's why I wanted to bring it and share it with well, you, Jason. Oh, first thank all, you so much. It's man. strong. Let me just tell you that. Well, first of all, it's it's
0: fantastic. Good. I'm glad you um, like it. And what's interesting is this summer I've been drinking, um, all summer I've been drinking Spencer's margarita. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a buddy at the beginning of the summer, uh, summer that introduced me to his. Uh, margarita mix, and it became kind of my favorite go-to all summer. And um, I, no offense, Spencer, none whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad you like it, Jason. <laughs> this is fantastic. So that's kind of cool, so, isn't it? Cheers. 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 Cheers to everyone. Cheers. Very good. <clears throat> so isn't that kind of that interesting thing about drinks, right? I think you, you touched on a couple things there, but... Um, they ha- there's a connection behind and it doesn't have to be an alcoholic drink per se or no, but it you know typically there is um the drink you know get certain friends get together and drink tea, certain friends yeah. get together and drink coffee, but you know this this is a family drink that is strongly connected to celebration and reunion right. and isn't,
3: it that, is. isn't
0: that interesting about I mean just I don't know anything about the history of you know drinking, right. <laughs> other um, well, than my own, personal. from the beginning of time, <laughs> right, right. But, yeah. but it was necessary.
2: right? <laughs>
0: but on the flip side, isn't that funny how this, this recipe from right.
3: 1986 to, well, uh, actually, yeah, 80, 82, 83 is when I got the recipe. And then we started going to the Outer Banks as a, an extended family in, in, uh, 2000, um, and, um, gone every year since then. And so the margaritas kind of showed up there, uh, and, um, the uh, as the kids grew up, they started being able to drink them and and uh, they enjoy them very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's kind I of, love it's kind of a big deal. Page,
1: yeah. <laughs> and you go to the Outer Banks every year,
3: yes. Do you, mm-hmm.
1: does your family have a home there, or do you guys no, just rent a place? We run
3: a home on the beach. The, the story behind that was my mom for my mom and dad's 50th wedding anniversary wanted to have all the the family together. So they got a home on the beach uh, uh, and helped uh, my wife and um, helped uh, pull that all together. And uh, it was supposed to be a one year deal. And we've been doing it every year. Some of my nephews weren't even born when we started oh, this. Wow. They, so they've grown up going to the beach every year. That's and funny. my daughters, too, sometimes twice a year because we'd go with Ann's family also uh, occasionally. So it's just been it's been a really, really great thing. We look forward to it every year. Well, that
1: sounds fun. Yeah. Do you need any more relatives like <laughs> to come and join? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can pretend.
3: Yeah. That's
1: fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, Are and you I, giving us the recipe?
3: I will give you the recipe. Oh, yes, thank you. Very Absolutely. Much.
0: <laughs> and we won't share that on our
1: podcast.
3: <laughs> oh, oh.
0: Not public.
1: <laughs> well, they'll we have to come public. find us.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: come to our mm-hmm. house. Come to our, our house. We'll,
0: we'll drink it. That's for sure. Um, so, kind of moving, hard segue into the next one. But, uh, Joe, what, what are you reading? What do you listen to? What, what is.
3: Well, I just finished it today, and I did it uh, in preparation for this podcast. Uh, and it's, uh, I just, it's, it's Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis and it's either the third or the fourth time, um, I've read that book. Uh, and the reason I wanted to read it in preparation for, you know, just talking with you guys is because, um, it's a book I, I actually gave to my younger daughter and for, other millennials, you know, 20s, 30s, uh, that had expressed an interest in things spiritual. Uh, And so I felt led to go out and buy this uh, book for them. And what I told them was, when you start reading this, let me know, because then I will reread it so I'll be able to discuss it with you. Uh, And, uh, you know, some of these people are people that, you know, don't you know, don't believe necessarily in Christianity or anything like that. Uh, but they're interested in, in exploring it. And, you know, we like to say that, I think it, I, Augustine or someone said, there's there's something inside all of us. We're hardwired to want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. And so my thought with getting uh, these young people this book was uh, to maybe get them started to look into uh, – the claims of Christianity, sure. and then uh, to help walk and walk him through it to the extent I would be able to so help. When were you first introduced to the book? Oh gosh, oh, probably I was in college would be my guess. And uh, y- you know, for those of you who know C.S. Lewis, he's he's <laughs> a very sharp guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, "Mere Christianity" is probably one of the easier books uh, to understand that that he's written. Uh, but it's 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 a tough it's a tough slog yeah. uh i mean it's a deep deep book the guy was brilliant uh he he um interesting background he was an atheist and uh he went on a, a walk one night with J.R.R. R. tolkien you know who wrote lord yeah, right, of the rings and right. tolkien was a a catholic and and c.s lewis recounted later he says uh i started the walk as an atheist and i ended the walk as a christian yeah uh and uh so I just I love that story. Yeah. He, he never became a Catholic. He was Anglican. Yeah, uh, right. but uh, just a, a brilliant brilliant mind, so
0: I, I'm a little fuzzy because I haven't read mere Christianity in quite a period, but it, it's an argument, right? Yeah It presents an argument,
3: right? I mean C.S. Lewis was arguably the greatest apologist for Christianity in the last century uh, and at a minimum, uh, he was one of the greatest. Yeah, uh, Bishop Barron, uh, who I, I've, I've told this to Jason many times. I'm a Bishop Barron groupie, uh, but he said uh, he was asked on one of his shows one time uh, if there was only one book you could give a non-Christian, what would it be? Well, there was actually two. He gave two answers, but one of them was mere Christianity by um, C.S. Lewis.
0: So I'm guess I'm wondering did the did the book appeal to that lawyer in you.
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm very, very analytical and, um, the way CS Lewis approaches the argument for Christianity is extremely analytical, right? And uh, so rational. yeah, it absolutely did a, a, a appeal to me because yeah. of that.
0: Rational. Too. Absolutely. I mean, it's a rational book, mm-hmm. right? And yes. that's, that's the appeal to it as well. It presents that analytical and rational. It's not, right. a, it's not a book that's completely about just, you know, feel it and it is. This right. is the explanation behind it.
3: And again, this was a man who was an atheist. And he, when presented with good and solid arguments for Christianity, yeah. you know, ultimately he says, you know, I had to accept it.
0: So, do you have you read other C.S. Lewis stuff? Is he yes. your favorite, or you
3: uh, not necessarily? I uh, I read a lot of Matthew Kelly. Yeah, uh, like I said, uh, I love Bishop Barron. Do uh, you find
1: there's a big difference between C.S. Lewis and Matthew
3: Kelly? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can knock out a Matthew Kelly book in an mm-hmm. afternoon, and, uh, all, and I'm sorry, S- but all
1: S- of them are similar.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and C.S. Lewis is like I said. I've read uh, The Great Divorce. Uh, there was actually, I don't remember the name of it anymore. One time I tried to read, and it was the entire every word was way over my head, and I just had to put it away uh, because it. it like I said the guy he was brilliant right right. Uh, and uh, but
1: so screw tape letters is my fave and I remember reading that with my fourth day yeah and not an easy read and I had to um, read it and then give it two days read that section again and then right before the fourth day meeting read it again and make notes and um, but I love that I love that part of reading where you get to chew on it and chew on it and chew on it and and try to find meaning in there. And, um, that's why I think that C.S. Lewis is so awesome.
3: Yeah. And I've read screw tape letters a number of times and that's one of my favorites also. And, and that's a, you know, you know, coming from C.S. Lewis, it's, it's one of the easier reads. Great Divorce is probably the easiest. Screw tape letters, I would say next. Uh, and then it, it goes Uphill, yeah.
2: I, well, screw tape,
3: <laughs> screw tape letters. You kind of have to position yourself a little
0: different, right? And that's, I mean, you have you have to constantly remind yourself that this is the argument. You know where the arguments are based in, right? Uh-huh. And so I love that's what I like. It, it's a screw tape, right? It's I mean that's yeah. It's it, it's, it's a
3: it's, different way to present. It's the like argument. reading backwards. It, yeah, that's a really good way to put it, Christina. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, I like that. I never thought of it And like if you that. weren't
1: prepared, then you're, I don't know, probably not an engaged reader. Yeah. You know, just going, hmm, I wonder what this is about.
0: Have you always been a reader? Yes. And yeah. again, I'm
3: just the attorney oh. in you, I imagine. That's well, necessary. I just, I was, as even as a kid, okay. uh, elementary school, I loved I loved to read. Mom would take us to the library in South Pasadena. I remember that. And Do you remember I, your first
1: favorite author when you were uh, a kid?
3: Or Probably uh, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> uh, I remember, you know, we would read the, mom would read the Dr. Seuss books to us. And uh, uh, so, yeah, that would have been the first one.
1: Mine was Marguerite Henry. No. she wrote horse books.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: I didn't have a horse, or maybe I did have a horse, but she um, came to our small town in Buffalo, Wyoming. An author actually came to our small town. We had it happen twice and she um and i wrote some sort of letter at third grade i did something that caught her attention and so when she came to our town she asked to meet me oh and then she gave me a little gift and then signed all of my books and i had all these lovely books and then many years later my my mom won't be listening to this but my mom sold them in a garage sale because she didn't think i cared anymore (laughs) about the Books and well, my I my gr-
3: my grandmother had gotten us a copy of If I Ran the Zoo oh. and autographed by Dr. Seuss. Oh, wow! Uh, my mom was convinced that uh, it wasn't really his signature, but in any event, uh, <laughs> that book got tossed too, and I still regret that.
2: Yes, <laughs> parents, parents hey. do the worst things. Any
3: parents out there? Don't throw away good stuff. Yes, now, your throw kids away are want it.
2: now, wait a minute!
0: In defense of parents <laughs> everywhere. At some point, you get tired of those tubs in your basement. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we have not thrown any way. We just invite the children over. Could you please look at your stuff Yeah, and determine what you want to keep? Well, I'd right. say
0: that, and Christine, we got the entire row of Stephen King books up there.
1: But those are from my right. stepfather, Don.
0: Those aren't Jordy's.
1: And he gave them to part part of them to jordan part of them to me this is a family collection so is stephen Stephen king King.
3: one of your favorite authors i really
1: like him but my stepdad really likes him and my son jordan really likes him actually all my kids like him a little bit but jordy and i we were the big stephen king fans so we all we have this collection that the kids know that it's to share because they're all together and we can't determine whose is whose anymore, so they just know where to come if they want. I've, I've read
3: over 50 of Stephen King's books, oh, he so I'm a too? big Stephen King fan. So what would be too. your favorite Stephen King uh, book? If I had to pick, it would probably be The Stand, Oh, oh Although, that's Jason. Yeah. Uh, I loved uh, The Talisman that he wrote with Peter Straub, yeah. it was an excellent book also.
1: And that, my, my children like that Yeah, one, right?
3: Talisman was great. My so. favorite
1: is Carrie.
3: Carrie,
1: because it's okay. his first, and so I read this article, and you'll have to tell me if I, I'm wrong, but that Stephen King wrote Carrie, and very disappointed in how it turned out, and so he threw it in the garbage. And his wife picked it out of the garbage, read it, and said, "You're gonna, you're gonna publish this." Uh-huh. And then he published, and obviously, you know, it I had not really heard well. that
3: story, but you know, his wife's a novelist too. Yes, and she's key. and
1: his son. I, I oh, know that I did he's not been know. writing some books. Oh, okay. But I, I read a foreword. I picked up a used copy of Carrie somewhere in the foreword, had this story where Stephen King, when he was a kid, he had memories of these two different types of girls that he grew up with. One girl was an epileptic. And so when she had her seizures at school, it was obviously embarrassing for her and the kids made fun of her. And the other kid was really poor and she wore the same clothes every day. And Stephen King walked that poor girl home once and when he went into her house... Her house was filled with religious iconography, uh-huh. and so he took <clears throat> that story and the epileptic girl, and he kind of morphed them into one girl in the story, and then gives her the powers to that these two girls never had, right? Mm-hmm. And so I oh. love that story. That is it's a good story. Less of a horror story, but more of a more of like a, a love note to a girl, two girls that were picked on, and, and Stephen King even mentioned, "Shame on me." For not standing up for them, right? Right. For allowing this to happen. So I felt like it was his way to make right. I don't know. I just love that story.
3: Yeah. And maybe because of the reasoning
1: behind it. But, yeah. And The Stand. We love The Stand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've said on this podcast before, I think The Stand is probably the quintessential modern American novel.
1: (laughs) That's Jason's favorite. That's my...
0: it, It just... To me, it meets all The Stand. Like... You know modern novels, right? The modern stuff, the story of the stand. Um, you know how it's laid out. Obviously, the girth. <laughs> the you know how big that book is, but the story and the character development and and um, how it intertwines and comes together. To me, it's just you know it, it is the the standard as far as modern,
3: you know, history. Um, modern literature. Modern <laughs> literature.
1: It's an epic. <clears throat>
0: It's,
3: yes. Yeah, it is. That's a good way to put it, uh, and it's the classic good versus evil. Yeah, you oh, yeah. know the and that's battle, a great <laughs> and and then you know Stephen King. I mean, I, in my opinion, his strong suit is just his dialogue. He, he his dialogue is mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, you don't it, it honestly don't find very many Stephen King. Well, um,
0: did you? Uh, out there. Did you pass that desire of reading down to your girls?
3: Uh, my older daughter, Jean, uh, loves to read and, uh, she is, she can, she can read so quickly. I remember one time we, uh, you know, during the Harry Potter craze, I think it was the fifth one. And, you know, the, that was a a pretty big book. And so my younger daughter and I, uh, went out to get the book, you know, Maggie liked the party at the bookstore and everything else, Uh, but I got the book home and Jean literally got it at maybe twelve fifteen, twelve thirty, uh, stayed up all night and <laughs> powered through it. Had a you know, one of those egg timer things to keep her awake. Uh she had to be one of the first people to finish the book and the country because uh <laughs> we got it as soon as it came out and she, we gave it to her and she read straight through it i mean that's, you crazy. Know? that's so a great yeah story. Uh, uh jean definitely loves to read maggie less so but but she likes uh stephen king too the the one on jfk uh she really liked oh, that right. one a lot and uh I she she one. tried to tackle the stand but as you say uh that's an epic mm-hmm. you know it is. that's not for the faint of heart you got to you gotta commit to that and, bad, and baby. i'm not
1: sure if the one that we have uh or maybe my son Jordy has it's the one that's not excerpted it has the extra 500 pages in it or something oh my which gosh. is crazy the extra 500 yeah. only 500 pages right? No, right oh stephen king if i could meet him i would just be on cloud 9. Did you
3: ever read the Gunslinger series? No. That was Jordan's. So Those were Jordan's. Yeah, okay, now see, now see what I loved about how he did that. I mean, he actually entered into the storyline uh, in the Gunslinger series. Yes. Which yes. I thought was pretty cool. And he got into that whole thing with the accident, him getting hit by the car, and everything else. It was pretty yeah. wild.
1: My, that, um, The Gunslinger and the Talisman and the Dark Tower. Well, that's all. Yeah. Dark
3: Towers is part of Gunslinger. The Talisman's different. My
1: kids loved all of those. And those were the ones that I don't know what it was about. Maybe there was a little more fantasy in it because I'm not a huge fantasy person. Okay. um, That they loved it. And I just. I realized I cannot read every one of his books. And there are some more recent that I'm, like, not so hip on, but I'll buy. And then I'm like, okay, this was a waste of 25 bucks.
3: Okay. Well, quick story on The Gunslinger. So, it was it was like seven or eight books he wrote over the course of 30 years and so you would start and then he would go off and do something else and then by the time he you know picked it back up again you'd forgotten everything so i'm walking with a friend one day and she says he finally he finally finished it so i started back at the beginning uh blew through uh all of it seven or eight and at the at the the last book like 20 pages from the end Stephen King invites you to stop reading there and not read the end, and it's like you're (laughs) nuts, buddy. (laughs) I have been spending so much time on this. No way am I not, gentle reader. You know, I invite you not to not to finish this off. And I'm saying you're crazy, buddy. (laughs) Don't
2: finish this book, reader. Oh, that is funny.
1: I'll have to ask Jordan about that. Yeah, It's,
3: it's, it's it may be more than 20, but it's it's not too far from the end, and he invites you to put it down.
2: That's what it is. It's
3: like a challenge. Yeah. It's
0: a challenge. Well, you know, kind of. I, I guess I, I kind of want to segue a little bit, Joe. Kind of back to what you talked about at the very beginning, which was your uh, which was your faith journey, starting out in the Church of Christ, right? And you, did you grow up in the Church of Christ?
3: Absolutely, did yeah. Your parents um, took my, you. Well, my mom was raised uh, Church of Christ. In, in Oklahoma, in that area of Oklahoma, you were either Baptist or Church of Christ, one of the two. Right. Um, and uh, <laughs> but um, so you know, I was raised you know being taken to church, and then Dad uh, when I was in the sixth or seventh grade joined the Church of Christ also, and so that you know we we went Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and got you know to its credit, I got a real. Um, background in the Bible for sure uh yeah. and uh in a love for it if I can say that because I you know I I read it cover to cover every year and have for decades uh and um and that came out of that tradition yeah
0: right so where did for you um and, and Christina's going to handle the the dog here but so you're going to the Methodist Church. Right. You and Ann, you guys are doing part-time church. Each, right.
3: Or, Every other week. I'm sorry. That, way we would alternate, yeah. Yeah,
0: alternate church. Um, and then the youth pastor challenged you kind of to pick, and it sounds like you... It kind of didn't work out in the way he hoped it would. But.
3: Well, no, you know, she was just great about it because she actually said, she said, look, you need to pick a lane for Gene. She said, both are great. Methodist great. Catholic's great. She wow. said, but you need to, you know, Gene will need consistency. Yeah. Uh, and this was uh, in, this would have been in 89. And so I thought to myself, okay, I just need to explore it. And of course, you know, with the Catholic faith, there's a very defined uh, process by which that occurs, and in you're well aware of that RCIA. Yeah, right. So I, I went to RCIA with just the most amazing. He w- he was an awesome priest. We became very 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 close, and uh, he was an Irish priest, oh. yeah. and uh, he had been a a, a teacher a, uh, at a, a a private boys' school, and the guy was just brilliant, and uh, he had a big impact on my life, and. Uh, and like I said, that one night, he, he answered all the questions. I had the you know the big problems. When, when you're coming from an evangelical background into Catholicism, Mary is the thing that trips up mm-hmm. nine people out of ten. I mean, it just does, mm-hmm. you know, because, it does. Uh, because we don't understand. And then the other thing is the oral tradition in the Catholic Church uh, and so many of the evangelical churches. It's just solo scriptura, you know, Bible and only the Bible right. and nothing else. Uh, and that right those were your hang-ups well no i mean the the mary was a hang-up uh the yeah the the verbal tradition was a hang-up because i viewed it as a very slippery slope right. i didn't understand right how the magisterium worked and 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 the oral tradition and all i didn't understand it at the time uh confession uh was another issue i had i can't remember what the others were but ultimately you know over time um that's all been resolved the the my the thing with mary now is is i i mean i'm i'm all in (laughs) right right right. i mean i am way in that is funny you went way all the way around yeah
1: i
2: mean but i'm you know
3: uh i'm i'm being retired i'm fortunate enough to be able to go to daily mass and we have a after mass we have a, a group that does the rosary and uh it's just a blessing, you know, to be able mm-hmm. to do that as a group. And, uh, yeah, so I've gone from one end to the other on Mary. On Mary, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
0: You know, I that conversion piece, I guess, and I I guess I don't mean to I, – I, I am. I'm probably lingering on this a little too much, but I think I found so much similar in your story and in my personal story, right? Right. And, and that was the same thing, I think. I, I've shared many times that the week before, you know, a holy week. Right. Wednesday before Easter Vigil, I, I find myself in the priest's office going, I can't do this. You know, this is, and I list it off. Boom, 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 mm-hmm. right? These are the reasons why. And, and, and then, um, you know, that conversion, and I think, the thing that sticks out in my mind, I wasn't even at that time fully aware of what my decision to become Catholic meant. Right. Um, and, and what I mean by that is there was such a deeper level, uh, the Catholic church, in my opinion, and I guess I gotta be careful with this a little bit. Um, but my opinion is there's a much, it's a very deep pool. And sometimes other faiths um, are very, you know, bright, beautiful, wonderful pools Intense, You know, they love Jesus, but um, they're shallow because they lack the history of the church. They lack the Mm -hmm. magisterium. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I like to think of it on that vigil night. I jumped into the pool. And what I've continued to do after these last, you know, 20 some years is sink deeper and deeper right. and deeper and deeper um, because there just doesn't seem to be a bottom of, of no of there's ways.
3: there's not a bottom and isn't that awesome yeah mm-hmm. uh, and and that's what God wants from us right right uh, I mean, and so I mean that's just... that's what holiness is right? <laughs> right that's what
0: holiness is that's yeah. what
3: living righteous
0: is yeah is continuing to sink deeper and deeper and deeper and and trying to understand that we get challenged with that every day you yeah. know um, and I think you know that's, you brought this up earlier, you know, one of the things you've always wanted to do is get together and have a beer and kind of have these conversations. But I mean, I think that's what I've always appreciated about our discussions is that, um, they're always forcing me to go deeper and deeper in the faith, right. And the difference in the differences in the things that we perceive or understand and look different at. So yeah, something on your journey of faith, Joe, what, um, uh, this is I'm just going to throw a big softball out there or okay. big something, and so obviously, for you, you made the right decision converting absolutely, but it hasn't been all a walk in a park
3: has no. it? no no um my parents weren't wild about it uh, which is putting it mildly um and then after i i be- i joined the Catholic Church, my sister Marsha joined the catholic church too oh. and so oh. uh <laughs> you, got, you got blamed for I that you <laughs> got, well uh, you know it was just uh it, she had a lot of catholic friends but she she saw what it meant to me she could tell mm-hmm. uh and I, I my brother tells a story uh that you know, my mom was complaining to him about it, and, and she, he said to her, Joe, do you remember Turkey? And we went to that more formal service because the Church of Christ wasn't there, and they just had a Protestant service and a Catholic service. So all the Protestants went to one service. Well, it was a lot more formal. I loved it as a kid. I mean, I loved it. He said, you shouldn't be surprised that Joe has gravitated towards a more, you know, I love the ritual i love all the stuff it means none of it's empty it all has meaning <laughs> it all has purpose it, and and the history behind the meaning and purpose is awesome i just love everything about it mm-hmm. uh, and it's like you say jason you just it's a bottomless it's a bottomless pool yeah and and i love that i love the fact that i'm never going to get my arms around everything i mean why should i expect to, to attain the level of the creator to to know i mean that th- right. that's nuts right. right and so you know we get we get snippets here but uh it's awesome the journey's
0: awesome well but I, I guess for me part of that for me is coming to that understanding i think that has been maybe one of the bigger struggles in my faith was i sort of went into that with the expectation that i would have all the answers soon. Yeah, me. does that make sense? That, no, it does. That I, I, I right. there's a, a limit here that you know you can learn and know, and I'll get to that limit, and then everything will be great. And I yeah. think there was a humility part there that realized that was just that was foolish foolish thought on my part.
3: Right, right. You know where
1: I love I love that story, and I love your story about you know conversion wasn't and it shouldn't be, just this, I'm going to check yes, and I'll just go to the classes, and I'm super excited. But you actually did what you were supposed to do through RCIA, which is is think about everything you're learning and make that decision so that you are fully making the decision, right? Just like marriage in the Catholic Church, that yes or I do is very serious like you've gone through all the prep you've really thought about it you've made that decision and now that decision sticks for a very long time right. and um growing up cats so I'm cradle Catholic. I don't get it I I have a hard time with what do you mean you don't get <laughs>
2: What
1: what do you mean just yeah. do it you know yeah. just you know it'll make sense later or just get over it and probably because I didn't I wasn't raised in another faith, so I don't, you know, mm-hmm. understand that difficulty. But I do a- appreciate that now hearing it from, yeah. from people who've done that. And I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that you took it seriously because I think it's more beautiful than.
3: Yeah. Or it's, it, it was a it's great, a great journey too. again, the priest I went through it with. Um, he, You know, he, I mean, he met me where I was at. And uh, it I, I got to say, it took a special priest to get. Get me through RCIA because yeah. I had a million questions, uh, and he was he was very good. He was a friend. Yeah, right.
0: And that that goes back to the other thing too. I think sometimes is we do talk about the richness and the depth of the tradition and of the theology of the Catholic Church, but right. the reality is the the very center of it all is relationship, and it's not just relationship with Jesus; it's that relationship with others too, and and I think sometimes we forget that. I think sometimes we forget how important our relationship with others in the faith is essential to our own well-being or peace and our right. own journey. You know, yeah. Christine always quotes Father, Father Raoul's quote.
1: Oh yes, yeah. so Father Raul said years ago that we um, we go to heaven like bunches of grapes in bunches. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't go to heaven, that one grape that rolls off the table and falls on the floor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But you go in a whole bunch. And so that each person in the church is part of your bunch. And so you're all going to help each other get to heaven and you're going to go together.
3: That's exactly and, correct.
1: And I, I love that because to me, I mean, I take it outside of church and I live that way in everything that I do.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I everybody means something when they're around you. Mm-hmm in my work Mm -hmm. as a teacher. So if one is gone, we are missing. We are sad. We are missing out on the special thing that that one person brings to that moment, even though it's a classroom, right? And these are kids who don't really care about this, but I do. Mm -hmm. And so in church, I like to tell people, well, when you aren't at church, I feel it. Like I miss that. And it's important that we all come, but that we're all like, hello, how are you? Mm -hmm. It's hard when you have a lot of people in church to, yeah. to actually make that connection, but if you feel that, then you feel how we are all together. We are right. one bunch of grapes, and mm-hmm. that we should hurt when when one is hurting
2: or right. one is gone.
3: And if I could just if I could just amplify yeah, yeah. for a second, actually, it's something I talked about this at our Thursday morning meeting this morning, Jason. Is that uh, and this is straight from Bishop Marin, Uh so many people, I think, that aren't Catholic, they look at, quote, rules, close quote, that the Catholic Church has, and that's what they focus on. That's the first thing they look look right. at. But to me, it's about, like we've talked about, it's about a relationship with God and with others. First and foremost, you fall in love with God, the rules come later, you you grow, you, you come to an appreciation and understanding. Bishop Barron talks about the fact that, you know, when we were kids, little kids, you know, growing up, Sandlot Baseball, we loved the game first. We didn't understand what the infield fly rule sure. was when we started, right? right. Uh, that's something that came later. We came to an understanding of that rule, Sure. but we loved the game already. And it's the same way with God. You fall in love with God and the, the other stuff comes later. So, do you th- so it's relational. Do you oh, think- I
1: love, I love, but wait, sorry. Yeah. This
3: is all from Bishop Barron, by uh, the way. But I so love
1: that um, yeah. sand lot yeah. type of yeah. analogy there, because yeah. when you're young, like, so Cradle Catholic, right, mm-hmm. um, I w- will tell you that I did not know my Bible, like Jason, who was attending a Westling church across town, right. knew his Bible. I did not. But we, you know, our missal has the readings every Absolutely. day. So my mother would say... Well, there you go. And I'm like, well, why don't we bring Bibles? You know, the other churches do. And she's like, we use this missile. Yeah. And, but I still loved my church, even though as I grew older, I came to understand it more and more and more. I think that is the perfect analogy. You love a Mm. game. You play it because you love it, right? And every year you play it, you learn another rule or or why that rule was instituted, the meaning behind the rule, what happens when the rule is broken, all of those things around.
0: Exactly. Okay. So I'm going to jump in. I'm sorry. I know this is supposed to be. I'm going to ruin this whole podcast. (laughs) Joe, are we getting too folk as a church? And I'm not talking parish. I'm not talking diocese. I'm not talking. I I will just, let's just limit it to the Western United, you know, the United States, the Church of the West. Right. Has the conversation
3: become too much about rules? Uh, I think, and this is why I want to have a beer with you and Christina someday, (laughs) is I think the Catholic Church, for example, is divided. We're Mm -hmm. 50-50, you know, politically. Uh, and, uh, so what's the maxim? You know, God gathers the devil scatters <laughs> and so we need to be talking to one another. You got the social justice emphasis which is I agree extremely important and on the other side you got the abortion thing and and in some sense uh, within the Catholic Church we go at one another as opposed mm-hmm. to you know what's God's answer to all of it? Love. Start with love. Yeah. If you love you can get through this stuff. right? right? But it's about dialoguing with respect. Yeah. Okay? And uh, I – so in answer to your question, I would say uh, I don't want to, you know, downplay the rules because, I mean, rules are important. But, again, foundationally, it's about a relationship with God and it's about a relationship with people and it's about love. And the other stuff flows out of that. Right.
0: Well, and – Maybe you even asked the question poorly, because the rules are right. I mean, they're. Mm-hmm. We're, I'm not. I don't I'm implying that the rules are movable. Um, yeah, in spite I don't think
1: of, you mean rules. There's something else you mean there, but I can't think. Yeah, of
0: word. I guess. I I. So the the comment you said about the church is divided. I got to be honest. You said it, and I my immediate thing was this: is No, 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 Joe, you can't say that. <laughs> like you can't say <laughs> yeah, the church." I
2: Yes you can. You can say whatever you
3: want. You told me I could say anything, Jason. And
1: I will agree with Joe.
3: Well, okay. You're so
1: not the boss of us,
0: you're Jesse. right. Uh, and by the way, that's that's not a job title I want okay. for either of you. I do not want that role. Um No, my comment I, I guess what I'm saying is, wait a minute. I, I guess it, I it hurt to to think about that
3: as the church divided. Um well, divided may be the wrong word. Well, I don't we know. have different opinions. Well, but
1: I, I I I agree don't know. with divided. Uh, yeah, to okay. me, I feel divided. Because, so, well, I feel that um, I feel that there has been a pull that that perhaps politics has within the last I don't know, even know how many years. You know, it's been a while. It's a slow process that has been just pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling right to the edges of the of the line on both sides. Mm-hmm. And where we should all be as a church is smack in the middle. That it doesn't matter red, blue, you know, whatever. You're right there holding hands. But instead we've all just been pulled. So now I feel that that people f- use their their religion and both sides.
2: It doesn't right. matter.
1: They use their religion to qualify and defend the cruelty and the meanness that comes out their mouth.
3: Well, you know, I mean,. Uh during the civil war there were there were christians that justified slavery right. based on the book of philemon in the new testament right so you're exactly and right Jim
1: Crow lies to exactly it, right?
3: you mm-hmm. you can you you can take the bible and use it to say whatever it is you want but you know the bottom line is that we shouldn't be trying to do that we should be trying to understand what it is god wants us to mm-hmm. know And again, I'm going to hit it again, love. right? It's about love and respect. Love of God, love of people, love of people that disagree with you. We've got to do a better job. Uh, Okay. Then maybe that's the point, right? You're exactly right. I I think the,
1: the word respect is important because sometimes people, perhaps, you know, love becomes, sadly, a platitude. But perhaps the respect piece is to understand and appreciate their place or where they're standing with their thoughts like I would rather have a difficult conversation with somebody where we're able to both share our side right. and then but I also get to learn really what your the other side is their like the meat of their argument is like where they're actually standing exactly and I will respect it and I'm hoping they'll respect mine then we'll right. both come and of course I I love but I think the respect is is the key piece because a lot of people just say well I'll pray for you or yeah. I love you. But then they walk away. But the I respect you is a whole different. Okay. Like it's even more difficult to say.
3: But when when I'm talking about love, I'm not talking about, you know, the fuzzy feeling. I'm talking about love as defined by Thomas Aquinas, willing the good of the other as other. Yes. yes. Yeah, OK. okay. Uh, so it's not a. It's warm, not that. Fuzzy I love you. Love love yeah. It's it's you want if you love someone, you you want their good.
1: You want the best for you them.
3: You want the best And you for want them, them to go to heaven. For them. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: I don't know. I've uh, just been... I feel that... To go back to the division. Yeah. Sorry. No, I... That you were mentioning. Like... So, I think that I never thought there was a division. Ever. Until, number one, that I began to do formation through the diaconate program. hmm And, number two, I went to a... Um, I don't know what conference I guess it was in Boise and I went to one of the classes that were offered and I heard some things that people said in there and I left crying mm-hmm. because those people I highly respected and the words that came out of their mouth were, were hatred mm-hmm. De- um, with Bible backing and I was like I can't believe that person and one of the people went to our parish mm-hmm. and I'm like how do I sit by them you know how do i how do i is this what other people are thinking right is this is this what's really going on so it's kind of like screw tape letters right mm-hmm. it's underneath where the devils work in that descent
3: and again yet, devil scatters and those God people gathers. though
1: are the very people who constantly talk about the devil sewing descent right in a different direction right where so we all think he's
3: I don't know, mm-hmm. so
1: I'm sure they would say the same thing about me.
3: Well, the right? thing is, we 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 all need to understand that we don't have a monopoly on wisdom, and none of us have all the answers. No, and we what we need to be doing is is listening to one another, mm-hmm. and again with love and respect. Yeah, um, and um,
1: and I find I find that the the great thing about the Catholic Church is that we have authority, and we have I the agree. magisterium, and so part of I'm um, learning to even for a female in our church my favorite thing is really understanding that passage about obey and
3: that's a tough script it is
1: but I love it once it took me years to really mm-hmm. get my brain around it now I understand fully how the authority in the church works mm-hmm. when you put your faith in that as well and I believe that if I believe that every Pope we ever have and is has a perp he's there for a reason Mm -hmm. and whatever he is doing at the time that purpose is the most important purpose Mm -hmm. and that's who we should be getting our direction from and so i also feel that now the church seems very split because some people are very anti-pope and call him the anti pope right well, or the anti christ and I mean, and then he's, he's leading us up down on the and other
3: that. side too Christina. i mean <laughs> you've got the, the 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 situation in germany where he's getting pounded from from the right. other side he's just trying to keep us right. all together he's getting pounded and, by the liberal bishops he's getting pounded yeah, by the conservatives he's getting bishops. pounded by everybody
0: and I, uh, by the way the pope is the worst job in the world yeah. i'm telling you there's no more horrible job in the world than being I uh, i don't <laughs> know <laughs> it's just uh, that would be the not getting really any
1: cookies from Germany. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. No.
1: No. Well what so tell me I don't know what's going on in Germany that the liberal side I don't under I don't know what's going on.
3: Uh, it's the synodal, pro, synodal process.
1: Oh that?
2: They and don't all like that. it? Or
3: Well No, no, not not the Synodal Not that not that. Not but the current the one. synod. Yeah. I mean in Germany and and it's basically they're advancing a bunch of liberal positions. Uh and voting on that like uh well what are some of them well to, i well, know ordination of women ordination of women gay marriage gay, uh, is another now, the, one. validation of gay marriage a couple uh, of things they're really pushing yeah they're pushing and they've they've actually voted for those things yeah. Uh, And and then that gets into the issue of, okay, you have Catholic teaching on that. And the Pope's Mm -hmm. been clear about what the teaching is. Um, No, you're right. He is uh, getting it from both sides. Yeah, he's getting it it from both sides. I
1: think just listening to him, like, I don't know. I I feel what he says directs me. Mm -hmm. I don't ever feel like, wow, that seemed obscure. I'm in the fog here. I don't know Mm -hmm. what the Pope means. I'm like, oh that gave me good direction <laughs> that makes sense to me
3: but and, and that's, it's
1: to me it's not left yeah. or right it's just this is what we need to do and I feel yeah. saddened by this um I don't know that split since he the the was,
0: politicalization maybe yeah. is that right is that a word Christina I don't,
1: politicization. don't know
0: but, politicization
1: but but I yeah. true and I think all countries yeah are, are dealing with this but and religions probably as well. I I don't know. I just, I feel like, what did we step back like 800 years to where, you know, it's which Pope lived in which city? Well, I like Rome better and no, I want my Pope here and yeah. we have two Popes and which one's the real Pope and mm-hmm. well, I don't like that one because he says this and I feel like that's where it's at and we're going to start having some groups say, no, we're going to put a hat on a new Pope and we're going to well, start a whole new Catholic church and that freaks me out like, well that yeah would make no sense to me
3: exactly right? and it's you know this this whole thing about um part of as well you know the catholic church needs to come into the 21st century yeah. and it's in and that bespeaks a fundamental misunderstanding of what catholicism is well about the faith <laughs> about the, That's about what the I gospel mean. about the gospel itself exa- exa- exactly correct it's first off it's not a democracy Mm -hmm. you know we don't vote oh okay we don't like that rule so now we're going to vote everybody hands up okay yeah 5849 yeah it passed that's not the way it works it's the majesty and i I just digress for a few minutes here is you know i i like i told you i came up with the church of christ tradition and they have no central authority my mommy used to say i love that we have no central authority right uh but the point, and then they're Sola Scriptura, so it's the Bible and only the Bible. And they said, that's our that's our authority. I said, okay, but whose interpretation? Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's why you have 30,000, 60,000 Protestant mm-hmm. denominations is because...
1: Or you can jump you, from church to church. Uh, yeah, you don't you like that Yeah, so you jump from church go to church,
3: or you, know, you go because the preacher's you know, dynamic or charismatic or whatever. And Christ, Christianity at, the, at its root is so much deeper mm-hmm. than a... Omely, the music or, the, or the music, it is.
0: Or which the, side the organ sits on the church? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's gotten bad. As long as no one
3: sits in my seat, <laughs> right. everything is fine.
2: <laughs> How dare they? Well, I, oh, you know what?
1: Side note: when when Jason was ordained and and our kids had left the house, all of a sudden, I find myself sitting by myself at church. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to sit wherever I want now. Oh, that just threw people oh, off. Yeah, it does. They're like, "Well, who are you sitting here?" And I'll right. sit in the middle. I'm not gonna take your pew side, you know. I'm just gonna sit in the middle. And they turn around to, and they're like, "Whoa, who's this new person?" Like, hello. Yeah. And then the next week, I'll sit in a whole different. I'm like, "Where's Waldo?" You know. I'm all over the church. Boy, it really threw people off. Made me giggle.
3: Well, Daily Mass, I sit the third row from the back, and uh, Sunday Mass, I sit fourth row from the front. I bet there are people. What? Why does he do that? <laughs> Can't you just do one thing? One or the other. Pick a lane, Joe. That's all right. Pick a lane. That's all right.
0: So I guess I I, I guess I just kind of would jump into this this
3: question, Joe. Where are you now in your faith journey? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I lo- Sorry. No, no, it's it's great. Um, I um, like I'm, I'm blessed to be able to go to daily mass. Um, support. Um, Ministries uh, that our church has, um, doing a lot of Christian reading. Uh, I, I made a list for myself when I retired, all the different things uh, I was going to do, uh, and at the top of the list was become a saint. Uh, right. I want to be a saint, I, and not, not just a saint. I want to be a great saint, not necessary i not i don't care if i'm recognized i but sure. doesn't bother well, i you. hope
1: you don't want to be I, martyred i don't I, say
3: that i think that's the only shot i got christine <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. but you know bishop baron talks about the that should be everybody's goal you know yeah, yeah. Right. who wouldn't want to skip purgatory yeah i'm right. all about that so i mean uh so I've got some ideas on you know I've got you know COVID has kind of messed this up but uh, pilgrimages that I'm yeah. going to do I I'm going to be uh, in May finally I think I'm going to be able to do the Camino and uh, in May I'm I'm signed up for that with Dynamic Catholic and then I want to do. Um, Fatima and Lords and the Holy Land. Uh, I want to go to uh, Are you doing Guadalupe. those with, with groups? Or are you going to yeah, Dynamic Catholic. And all those. Although the Holy Land one will be something else because when I go there, I'm going to do a. I mean, I'm going to do it large You're in like four weeks. Yeah. I, I want to hit and I got to go to the Holy Land in 65 before the 67 war. Oh, wow. And okay. so that it blew me. I was in sixth grade. It blew me away then. Uh, oh, wow. And uh,
0: Oh, that's right. Your dad was yeah. in the military. Yeah. yeah,
3: we lived in Turkey at the time. So, yeah, we yeah. got to go down there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's just uh, I spend a lot of time on religious stuff. I, I, I do. It's its just very important to me. Daily prayer, daily readings, um, you know, daily rosary. I mean, it's, it's uh, I feel like I haven't taken a shower if I don't do that stuff. But it, and I, it, it's different because when I was a kid, I went to church because I had to, and now it's I go to church because that's where I want to be. Exactly. I love the mass. Right. I, I mean, I'm I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a great testimony. Mm-hmm.
1: I I think sometimes wow. um, a a cradle wow. Catholic who often takes mass for granted a little bit loves it and mm-hmm. says the same thing, but not until you. Um, go to a different church on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Do you go? Oh, I get it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You, well, I now, this mass now I see why the mass is why the mass is so, so important to me. It's not. I don't know. It's I, very important to me, but I've been to, uh, and there have been times when I haven't been able to get to a Catholic church on a Sunday. But there's an opportunity to go with whoever we're with to their mm-hmm. church. You know, it hasn't happened very often. But I do feel empty yeah. when I'm done. Yeah. You know, I'll say my prayers, but it's just like any other day.
3: If people understand what the Mass is, and Bishop Barron has a, you know, a DVD set on the Mass, and the, the the beauty of it is just blow you away. I mean, all, all of it, you know, from start to finish, okay. all of it has meaning.
2: Meaning, yes.
3: You know?
0: Well, and I think there's another thing to be said, Joe, kind of just on your comment about you know, how you have, you compared to when you were younger and going every Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday. And then even, you know, when you actually became a Catholic, but I think there's something to be said about an expectation of what it means to be holy as God calls us to be, that it's not a light switch. It's not an on and off switch. That holiness is a rheostat, you know, that the light burns brighter and you, you dial that up. And I think Life experience, I think, you know, life experiences that humble us, life experiences that show us the importance, just the things we've talked about today, Mm -hmm. humbled us, show us the importance of others, show us the importance of of obedience, even when it's not popular. Um, You know, life experiences and, you know, that translate into spiritual growth. then that rheostat begins to burn brighter and brighter and brighter Mm -hmm. we don't wake up in the morning turn on the light switch and say okay we're holy today
3: right (laughs) Um, (laughs) two things about that too first off that that ability the desire to do it and then the ability to do it i believe is a gift from god there you go that's the first thing the second thing is the holy you you get and, and and this is true of the saints too. They they, they thought they were terrible people because it's kind of like when you're driving down, you know, in, in your car, and and the windshield looks fine, and then a light hits it, and you see all the dirt. You see all the bug, the, yeah. the you know, and and it's kind of like that with our spiritual watch. Dude, the the closer you get to God, the the more the light's going to shine on. Yeah, on the weaknesses, <laughs> on yeah. the weaknesses. But you know he's a God of love, and and he's he's going to get us through all of it.
2: Right.
3: So you're in a good spot. Oh yeah, but I'm I I mean I'm on a journey, so there's no I'm not stopping them, moving forward. <laughs> that's yeah, good. That's good.
1: You know, <laughs> good. I I just thought of some uh, part of this journey idea too. Is that and also. I don't know something I struggle with as a as a mom mm-hmm. in the church. So I think that um a young person they I don't know they are they're not it's not going to be easy to find what you might have after years and years in the church. I know I'm not going to make sense. But when even when you leave home and you go to college You learn and there's all these things for you to learn outside your little home and your town and your state even and same with when you leave home and you go to college and your church, you might not go to church every Mm -hmm. Sunday, right? And you might then come home and go to church, but now it might have different meaning. And then you get married and have a baby, and now going to church has a different meaning right. and it just consistently it's a growth, it's this journey, and mm-hmm. so I've always kind of wanted to step back from being that mom, and it's hard that uh gets angry with my kids and says, "Why mm-hmm. aren't you going to church? You know, have you gone to church? I know there's a great guilt thing I can do with mm-hmm. them, but I choose not to because I know that they're on a journey, and it's not that they've turned their back on God it's just that they're going to get there like they're learning and me me uh telling them go doesn't mean when they go that it has more meaning because they attended Mm -hmm. right they have to there was something you said there that you have to want it like when you're there it just Mm happens. you god has given you something when you're there too
0: the desire for him
1: yeah, and when you just go because your mom made you or right. whatever, or you purposely only go to certain colleges or places, you know, right. I don't know, I just, that that have, that are heavy Catholic or something, so that you don't lose your Catholic, you should never lose it. You should be able to purify it as well, right? Figure it out on your, yeah. on your own because we're all on our own individual journeys. And so as a mom, that's hard for me because I don't, I don't join in with the other mothers about this constant. Oh, I want him to meet a nice Catholic girl, or I want her to meet a nice Catholic boy, or and I want her to go to a Catholic school, and they're always going to church, you know. And I just sit there and smile because I'm like, well, I just feel like they're going to find it on their own.
3: Well, I, the thing I've recognized about young people today, uh, you know, and starts with my daughters, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm close with a lot of young people. They want. The truth. They want Mm -hmm. to know the truth. Okay. There's. There's. That's. I think hardwired in all of us. I mean, why? Why wouldn't we want to know the truth? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And if they want to know, it's out there. Is it? Is it work to get there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But most good things are right right so
1: and most young people don't want to do the work to get some well you know, uh, you know
3: don't be mean well i'm don't just saying
1: mean. you've got a lot of other things when you're young don't
3: be, don't be okay mean
1: so i'm that. speaking for myself i mean i was a i grew up very good catholic girl very good catholic girl and then i went to college and my mom would call me did you go to church
2: <laughs> like, yeah you
1: know, it was a lot i had no mm. friends who were catholic i wasn't going to go by myself i went occasionally but not every sunday right. and then you know once i had my daughter my first child, then I'm like, oh, you betcha, I'm going to church mm-hmm. all the time. But then when I had more children, oh, my gosh, that's too difficult, right? I just, you know, and, and it was always, it, it's, it's for me, it was a journey. And as we got older, then we it just like something happened and it clicked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I can't expect my kids to do it before I did right Mm -hmm. and the timeline they've got to figure that out and make that click on their own without me pushing for it i know they are very spiritual they're very cath you know they love god and they're good christians in their service in their works and in their prayer
2: Mm -hmm.
1: now i'm not going to be mad at them for not going to church i want them to figure that out on their own
3: yeah let me tell you a story that Kind of underlines what it is you've just said. When my oldest daughter was getting ready to, it was the morning I was going to be driving up to Carroll College, which is where she was going to be going to college. And I, I mean, my oldest was leaving the nest. I was so depressed. And one of the things I read each morning is it's a it's a daily devotional by a lady named Sarah Young, and I go through it every year, just repeat it every year. Well, so I'm sitting there down because Jean's going off to college, and the. The um, the devotional for that day had to do with the fact that look, you know, and it's Jesus talking to you. It's like I'm going to take care of your kids. Don't make him an idol. Joseph um, was made an idol by his father Jacob, right? right. And that did a lot of damage to his relationship with his brothers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that we can make idols out of our kids and what we got to do i mean i'm not saying we just do a hands-off thing because i don't mean that at all but we have got to let them have their own space but more importantly we've got to trust god Mm -hmm. to be able on his timeline not ours you know to get where it is he wants them to mm-hmm. be and that's prayer you know mm-hmm.
1: i you know Don't one do on
3: the floor <laughs> i heard
1: once that you someone once told me um, come to church and imagine that you set your children on the at the foot of the right. cross and you say thank you for giving them to me for this mm-hmm. short period of time they're yours Damn. and so i try that they're yours you know and i expect my kids to well, and they do. They always do the right thing. Yeah.
3: And the thing is, we know God loves our kids so much more and better than we ever could. And so sure. how can we not trust him? Mm-hmm. I mean, because we know he does. Mm-hmm. Right. right. You know? Right. Well,
0: I, I, don't, I don't know how to, to do this. Unab- um, not abruptly, I guess, but... Um, Joe, we got to have you back on or more importantly, we got to go have a beer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I have more wanted more to talk to you. I
3: got to have uh, another margarita. <laughs> yeah, we can do. It. But I have wanted to I've wanted to do that cuz I I I get a sense as to where you guys are. I want I want to talk to you about it. You know, I do. Yeah. I do. Um because uh, it's important to me.
0: Yeah. Well, Joe, thank you for being you on the show. You are more today. than welcome. Thanks but for having I'm me. I'm not sure how we got on the conversations we got on to. We got in some deep stuff, but that's when <laughs> I, I kind of figured we'd do that anyway. I just, it yeah. was
1: I don't know kind how of a and track. It was a so. good but conversation. It was great.
0: So, Joe, thank you for being on the show. You're more than welcome. And, uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Bye.